Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Words for the Weary podcast, where we discuss books and the Bible to enlighten, encourage, and equip the weary soul. Today, we're continuing on in our study of what love is, Bible study book covering the letters of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, written by Kelly Minter. We are in session four of the study, and it is covering today 1st John chapter four, all the way through chapter five, verse five. And so I'm going to just take a minute here and read through that. So we have a little bit of context as to what we're going to be discussing. So first John chapter four starts, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is so, also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, for he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Chapter 5 starts, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And so that is the passage of scripture that we're going to be referencing today for our study of the book, What Love Is. 
And as I read this week, there was so much of what I read in First John that I couldn't help but think, like, yeah, uh-huh. Like, yep, John, we, we got it. God is love. We got to love. Abide. Okay, there's that word again. We got to abide in God's love. And God abides in us. Yeah, John, we get it. And I, I kind of got to the point this week where I was like, yeah, I, I know. I've, we already read something similar to this, you know, last week and the week before. And so much so that I was like, man, like, what am I going to even say today on the podcast that I haven't already talked about? And I was a little frustrated because I was so stuck in this thought of like, I already heard that. We've already talked about this. We know, love, abide, got it. But as I was preparing last night, I just was kind of struck for a moment, like so much so that I had a moment where I could kind of feel and see myself back in the church that John was talking to when he originally wrote this, because I noticed how much my mindset would have warranted John to talk to me like he talked to them and referring to them as little children in that loving fatherly way. It made me think about with my own kids and how many times do I have to repeat things to my kids? Like, oh, don't forget to take your coat. It's going to be cold. Like, remember, brush your teeth because if you don't, you're going to get cavities. Remember, don't set the glass on the edge of the table because you're going to knock it off and spill it all over. We remind our kids over and over about different things, big things, small things, so much so that they respond with that same, I know, you told me this already. I got it. You tell me this. You've told me this many times. You tell it to me all the time. I got it. Okay. Thanks, mom. Got it. You know, and this chapter is where John He's getting after these little kids, not really little kids, but little kids in the faith. And he's reiterating it to them over and over again, you know, to remember to love one another like Christ loved you. Remember that God is love. So abide in that love, abide in Christ. And he's really driving this message home for them because they just still weren't fully getting it. They still weren't fully living it out. And he tells them in 1 John 4, 16 through 18, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And basically what he's saying to them here is, look, if you truly understand how to love like Christ, then God would abide in you and then you wouldn't have to fear the day of judgment because that perfect love drives out fear. And it would be so perfected in you that you would be able to stand in full confidence without fear, but you're still just not there yet. And this is what leads him to stress this idea of love and loving like Christ so fully And I think that this is a message to those of us who are a little more seasoned in the church. How often do we hear a message and think, yeah, I already heard this one. I've heard this message dozens of times in the church. I've read this scripture several times before. And I think we have to be careful not to become like the Pharisees that we read about in the Gospels. In Matthew 13, Jesus calls them out and says that they are seen, but they do not see. And they are hearing, but do not hear. And he goes on to say that the prophecy in Isaiah 6 is fulfilled in them and people who are like this because he told them, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears, they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed. 
lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. We of God's people do not want this to be said of us. We, and I'm including myself in this because I had to be careful as I studied this week, we don't want to read scripture with a dull heart and miss the message that we can apply to our lives today. And in a passage like what we are covering today, I think it would be easy to say, God is love, love people, got it, and check out. But we have to be careful and check in on ourselves to say, am I really loving like Christ in that giving up of myself kind of way? Are we allowing his spirit to dwell in us and shine through us in our day-to-day actions? And it goes back to taking an honest look at our daily thoughts and behavior. Kelly Minter, in her book, Within this session, on page 117, she says here, If we're bitter towards someone, unforgiving, angry, constantly in a bad mood, biting people's heads off, gossiping about others, irritated at them, we need to look at what has broken our relationship with God, because loving God and loving others are inextricably connected. God's love for us goes before our love for others. Loving others doesn't help us earn God's love. Rather, God's love for us grants us the capacity to love others. We love because he first loved us. I read that and definitely felt some conviction. Talk about having to take an honest and hard look at myself. But that's part of why I've enjoyed this study, because Kelly does such a good job of helping me in those moments where I would want to gloss over a message because John's already talked about it. It has helped me to better understand John's urgency in these themes of loving and abiding, hence his need to reiterate it so diligently, just as we so diligently remind our kids of the character traits and lifestyle habits that we want them to develop as they grow and mature. And so as tempting as it may be to just gloss over this message here within this chapter, we need to try to slow down and truly meditate and reflect on what is it saying here and how can I apply this to my life? Even in this moment right now where I can hear my little one in the background because she's playing outside the door and I kind of want to just be a little irritated, <laughs> it's that moment to remind myself, it's all good. We're going to show love because Christ gets irritated with me and shows his love to me. And so Noticing those small moments, noticing those big moments where we're going to lose it and blow up maybe, (laughs) whatever it might be, in those moments where we can just say, how can I apply this scripture to my life? And I think that's the point here. That's why John is reiterating it. Not so we can just be like, okay, yep, I got it, but rather to truly, truly meditate on it and what does it mean to abide in Christ and abide in that love? And so... I, I had to put myself in check, but I think it was it was really beneficial for me, for sure. Yeah, Serena, I, I really liked that. And then I liked that he addresses the, the church as beloved in 1 John 4, 1 through 3. I'm going to go ahead and read it. And it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is a spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. And so I really like how he addressed the church here. He, In some versions, he says friends, 
and in the ESV, he says, beloved. And so John loves the church. We see that here, and we should love the church also. He is writing this to the Christians, not just to the elders and preachers and the leaders of the time. He is addressing everyone in the church. And I wanted to point out, by default in this world, every person on earth, whether they like it or not, are involved on one side or the other. You can either be a Christian and wage war for God and represent Christ, or you can be an unbeliever and be enslaved to the evil one. John starts by telling the church to not believe every spirit and detest the spirit. He was warning the church of Gnosticism, and I know we've talked about that in the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe you guys can go over that a little bit. And, and with these people, they were saying they were inspired, and they were not. And John is saying to test the spirit that comes from them. And this spirit that they would have only comes from darkness because we know all lies come from the devil. John is saying, don't allow that in the church. So how do we test the spirit? I would like to look back again at 1 John 4, 3, and it says, every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. We should want to be able to know Jesus so well that we can pick out a false believer. My husband once said, I want to know Jesus so intimately that when Je- when another Jesus is presented, I don't want to know that Jesus. That is why we need to be in God's word and study it and to be on the guard is because these other false prophets were coming along and saying, hey, I, I am inspired and I can help you get where you need to get. And that wasn't true. That wasn't what. That wasn't from God. And so we need to be able to know Jesus deeply and to be in his word and study his word so that we can know, is this true or is this false? Today, we have many people on TV that want to be the televangelist and people follow them and give them lots of money and they have luxury jets. And some of those, they want to share Jesus, but not all of them. So we need to test the spirit and say, are these people teaching the truth? Is the spirit dwelling in them? Are they knowing exactly what God's word says and preaching it to others? So I really like this this week. I just felt like that was something that stood out to me. Yeah, Kim, there's definitely a message here of we got to test the spirits. We got to see, is it of truth or is it of error? And yes, this was definitely applicable back then. But like you said, even today with so many different platforms, whether it be on TV or social media, there's several different people that are going to profess certain things and saying that it is from Christ and and we have to be we have to make sure that we are checking with scripture where does this person's beliefs fall where do they land and that's how we will know if it's of truth or if it's of error and thinking about that i one thing that really stood out to me as well this week is the word overcome And in chapter four, verse four, it says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them, which is these antichrists that we're talking about, Kim. And it says, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And then chapter five, verses four and five says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? It is through the word overcome that John ties this whole message of the chapter together. The idea here is that when we do all the things, overcome the Antichrist, walk in the light, abide in God and his love for us, and then love completely and selflessly like Christ did— when we do, are doing all these things, then this is how we are keeping his commandments. 
And as we obey his commandments, then we are living out our faith. And like it says here in verse four, that is our victory. Our faith is how we can be these victorious overcomers. And on page 122, Kelly shares that our ability to overcome the pulls and temptations of the world begins with Christ and the reality that he's already overcome them. All of us will be faced with situations where obeying will seem beyond our ability. It's here where we will submit our hearts to God's loving rule and way and then experience the power that comes from being born of God. We'll look back and see how strongholds demolish strength for our weakness and beauty for the ashes. And we'll ever so slightly glimpse the mystery of what happens when our frail choice to obey links arms with his power to overcome, and we'll know the victory that is our faith in Jesus. And she shares this because she talks about how at times it can be really hard to choose to obey what God has commanded us to do. But we can rest in the truth that John says here, that his commandments are not burdensome. Matthew 11 reiterates this, and he tells his yoke is easy and his burden is light because of the strength that he gives us to be overcomers. And she ends the study this week, and I'm going to share what she says because I think, you know, we like to leave everybody with a little encouragement, and, and I felt like it was encouraging to me. And she says on page 123, Instead of dwelling on how hard obedience to Jesus feels in the moment, dwell on how much your obedience proves that you love him. I love what the late Dallas Willard says about this. One of the lies about the spiritual life is that it is hard. No, no, it is not hard. It is the easy way. What's hard is the other way. And that is what you see when you look at the world. And I thought that was such a good reminder to us that in those moments where it may seem hard to bend our will to what God wills for us, the reality is, is that we have a strength to be overcomers, to overcome the pulls of the world like she talks about, and the ability to rest in God's strength, use his strength each and every day to do not what I will, but what God wills, and to follow his commandments and to keep those commandments because they're not burdensome. And I think further along we go in our faith, the more we realize that those times where we chose our will, our way, led to led us down a path that was more difficult than it should have been because we serve a loving God who wants good for us, who gives us good things. And so let's keep that in mind as we go about our week, choosing to follow what he says for us in his scripture and striving to be more like Christ because ultimately that is where we will find true peace, true comfort, true healing. And allow us to become overcomers as Christ overcame the world. And so we thank you for joining us today. We hope that you can take something from this message today. And if you want to to dive into this further and do the complete study of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, we encourage you to get the book, What Love Is by Kelly Minter. And join us next week as we move on to session five of our study. Thank you.